1: All right, welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons in studio, joined as always by Randy Engsten. What's up, man? Happy birthday. Hey, thanks. <laughs> it's probably like
2: a month past that now. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> I didn't true. think about that, but yeah. But it was it, your birthday. It was. It it's was. my birthday next month. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. It's probably closer to your birthday than it <laughs> is
1: my birthday. <laughs> After the Gross Summit is my birthday. And uh, speaking of, the Gross Summit's right around the corner. We are locked and loaded, sold out. It is a done deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to tell you guys all about it after the event. So, we might have a couple of the speakers. I'm sure we'll pop in early and jump on a podcast. I like that. and, and yep. uh, we'll uh, we'll you know do a little a little podcast episode, the Grow Summit special. But before we get to that this episode is brought to you by formula done our friend jen neal somebody that we've used in the past in Mm -hmm. fact she helped us build out our membership site i'm not certain she's doing that anymore but what she is doing is helping you create effective content that speaks to your perfect client so you stop leaving money on the table stop running paid ads that are not effective uh mostly organic mostly co- coaching but she helps you uh develop a plan that uh, brings authority and awareness to your brand and especially for a local business nothing could be better uh, go check her out at thevirtualgen.com that's the virtual gen with two ns.com. she will be at the grow summit be sure to stop by her booth um she's got some some goodies to to share with everybody so Excited to have Jen. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've worked with her, but I, I, from all the, our experience with that formula done, it was perfect. It was hey, just a done deal for yeah, us. Yeah, you
2: know, like I spoke to her. Uh, actually, we were speaking about some tech stuff with, with one of our sites, and um, in our conversation, I actually reached out. I was like, you know what, Jen? I think you'd be a perfect oh, yeah. uh, sponsor for our growth summit. And the reason being is what she's doing now is helping I believe it's just the course she's got that is helping local businesses, um, brands specifically, understand the buying cycle. Oh yeah. How to, inter- I talk about this all the time, right? Like The the buying cycle is, is elongated for a lot of people, right? We, gone are the days of a Facebook ad slapping somebody in the face and 500 people are running in to buy, you know, join your gym, it just isn't that way right now. And she is teaching effective ways of how do kind of guide cu- customers through that journey? Right, it's almost like writing a book or a novel. Like that journey needs to be figured out, mm-hmm. and certain things need to be said and done and introduced in order for that client to understand what it is you do, who it is you are, and that's what her course teaches. And I think it's perfect if you're yeah. if you're lacking, um, you know, that that good. Consistent newsletter nurture onboarding sequence things like that indoctrination yeah indoctrination perfect campaign yeah that's that's exactly what she's doing and I right.
1: would tell you uh, you know us included I think we all we just need to step up our marketing chops you know I mean we're we're so used to like you said slapping offers out there and hoping somebody bites but this is uh, this would be another pole in the water mm-hmm. absolute perfect something we align with so check out Jen at the uh, Growth Summit so. This episode, not sure what episode number this is. Uh, Way deep in the 200s. Deep in the, deep, <laughs> deep in the twos. We're going to talk about trainer pay. This came up uh, in, in our uh, business talk with Fitness Professionals Facebook group. If you're not in there, go join it. We have conversations all the time about stuff. Uh, trainer pay. How do you pay your trainers? And you know, we're going to dive into this episode right now. We're going to talk about... Different ways. Um, we have definitely our preferred way. I've, I've recently heard of others. In fact, we've done other ways mm-hmm. and, and we kind of settled in on this way. And there's a lot of reasons. We'll explain, you know, the, the reasoning behind it. But, uh, you know, go, I think gone are the days of the people doing a percentage of the revenue per like a split I mean, well, know I take that back. Uh, yeah. They're not gone. No, They should be gone. I was Thank you. Yeah. You know, a lot of these times, especially if you're doing a, a open model where trainers pay your rent and maybe you, they're a contractor for you and then you're paying them. They're, they're getting like some 60, 40 split or something.
2: Yeah. Let, let's preface the, the kind of the different, uh, different types of pay because in order, it's not just the way you pay your trainers. I think your relationship as a business owner to the rest of your business, like the deliverable, the trainers, and then who's doing the work. Yeah. That's, that makes a big difference. You know what I mean? Like that matters. Are you the type of owner that wants, are you concerned about the deliverable and and it's your brand, your business, your trainers doing the job? Okay. Then there's, you know, these types of pay. If you're going to be that independent business owner, but everybody, every trainer walking through the door could be doing their own thing. Entirely different business. That's very yeah. true. So, yeah, so understand that, right? Not, it's not necessarily an apples to apples. Now, if you are, and the reason I wanted to say that, because we do find that you you are the business owner, you want the control, your business is set up to be that type of deliverable, but yet your pay is then the wrong type of pay for your business. This is you know, where you should be listening in. Mm-hmm. If everybody coming into your business is paying you a flat fee to have the right to train in there. Totally different. It's it's different, right? And if you, you can't control the deliverable if that's your business model, that's
1: not your position. So understand mm-hmm. that. There's a lot that goes into it. So you have to, yeah, take a giant step back mm-hmm. on, on decide how you want to run and operate your business. From our standpoint, from our coaching practices. We want you as the gym owner to control the experience from top to bottom. It's your baby. You should not let your coaches come in and do their own thing if they're training your clients. Correct. Okay? So that that let's make that clear up front. That's, that's what we believe in. Is it the only way? No. I mean, of course, you could have a general access gym, hire a bunch of contractors. They write their own programs. They source their own clients. Mm-hmm. You give them clients. You do a split that's not what we believe in. So we'll probably speak to what we believe in on this show. But again, there's there's other ways to do this. Yeah, so, that could be a viable, different business model. That's not what we're speaking to. So first and foremost, you know, in this industry, trainers on average, and this is from URSA. Okay, Ursa's is the, the International Health and Racket Sports Association or whatever. That's such an old school name, but they've been around the longest. They're kind of like the governing uh, body of gyms, you know, going back to, Racket clubs. But they, they tell us <laughs> the why they tell us that on average, a trainer enters the industry and it exits within 12 months. They don't last long. And you think about, well, why? Why is, you know, they're gung ho. They get their certification. They go out either on their own. They work in a big box gym. They work in a training studio and they're done in 12 months. That's because they got their acting gig in LA, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, the unfortunate thing is, uh, you know, up until maybe recently, trainers, uh, personal fitness coaches haven't been considered in a you know, in the the professional lens. They've they completely been, agree. They've been a hobbyist, they've been uh, you know, tank tops and fanny packs. If you go and Google personal pain, trainer pain and gain. Personal tra- yeah, pain and gain. If you go Google personal trainer on Google Images, you'll you'll see what the the market thinks of a mm-hmm. personal trainer. Now, we don't believe in that. We, we have career coaches and we have people that stick around a while, but you know we have had plenty of coaches come and go and they change career paths after here or they're in the career change as they're in your gym. So think about it. Uh, and I heard uh, our friend Rick talk about this just on a recent episode too. He says, hey, your trainer pay should be no more than 20% of the hourly session revenue. Okay, so if you think about it that way, well, that could kind of give you some idea of what that hourly pay should be. Uh, the way that we do, we do a flat pay. No matter what you do, you clock in, you clock out. If you're training, uh, you know, six people, four people, one person, zero people, you're going to get a flat rate. And it's a, it's a. We call it block scheduling. So there's a morning shift and an afternoon shift. So our our shifts are five to noon and then one to eight. OK, so in between there, a couple of days a week, we have that 12 o'clock to one o'clock, you know, transition between the, the morning and afternoon. That's when we do our team meetings mm-hmm. or podcasts and things, because that's when everybody's here at the same time, middle of the day. We don't necessarily train at that time, but I'm just saying we're here. We do other stuff. So. They're training either, you know, and we still have very little of it, but we still have team training on the schedule a couple times a week. So they're going to get the same pay for that as they do if they're doing semi private training. We guarantee X amount of hours per week, and it's up to us as the gym to fill up those schedules. It's not up to the coach. Um, they're here to, to train, they're here to, to educate and make a great experience around the training session, but it's a flat rate. What that does for the gym and for the business is you have a set payroll. You mm-hmm. know what you need to overcome to make profit. Profit, sure. Uh, you know, your base operating expense stays pretty pretty consistent throughout the year. Obviously, there's things like marketing that comes and goes a little bit. You know, maybe your electric bill goes up in the summer <laughs> or, or things like that. There's things that you can do to combat that. Obviously, you can do that equalizer. Equalizer payment. stuff, yeah. So there's that way, okay? We've done others, but this is what we've settled in. And what it's nice about it is there's no split shifts for these coaches. So they're not training three times, you know, three hours in the morning, taking the middle of the day and coming back in the afternoon. We have another coach that comes in.
0: Attention gym owners. Are you ready to take your business to the next level?
1: Every client can train with any coach. So, mm-hmm. so what that does for the gym, because we work as a team and we have a team approach to our programming comes from the top down and our coaches speak to each other about clients, either in the team meetings or through our coaches cards and, and other online ways that we, we communicate. Mm-hmm. If Mrs. Johnson has a session today at eight, but she calls in at seven and says, Hey, I can't, you know, something came up. Can I, can I train later? The answer is yes. Yes we can always get her in on another time slot in the afternoons or say it's three o'clock we train every hour on the hour. And, and I think it's, it's clean that way. I've seen people doing these 15 minute and 45 minute. It's just too hard for us sure. to, it's really easy to explain in a sales process that, Hey, from 5am to eight o'clock at night, every hour on the hour, we're available. You can come in and train. So that the, the, I don't have that time or mm-hmm. that your schedule doesn't work for me. Kind of that goes out the window. Okay, so so that's the flat rate pay. We we speak to it as a salary, although we track it hourly. So how does that work, Tim? Well, um, we're basically guaranteeing, you know, we're, we're saying you're on the clock 37 hours a week. We pay you for 40 because we expect them to come a little early, sure. stay a little late, an hour here or an hour there every week, kind of like it washes out. We don't clock in per se. We don't clock out per se, but we monitor, you know, if somebody's showing up late all the time that you're going to know, Sure, the clients are going to make sure to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, it's not a micromanaged approach. It's very, you know, here's your schedule for the week. And it's pretty much the same schedule, but you know, you're here at five and you train until noon and you're out of here and they have the rest of their day to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the past, we've done things called we called it unit pay, and we paid an X amount per head in a training session. Um, this is an interesting way to do it. It kind of um, it uh, incentivizes the coach to have as many people on their schedule yeah. as possible. It nurtures the relationship. Maybe they work a little harder because they're going to get an extra unit or two units that hour. Um, but our pay would fluctuate all over the board and you know, it, it's a different way to do it. And we used to do it for a couple of years in the past, but, you know, payroll was kind of a pain and we'd have to like track all the heads that people checked in if they're on the schedule, but not checked not out. Checked in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did, did they come? Did they not come? So there was a lot of management around that. Um, the benefit was, was maybe you paid a little less on those hours. Maybe I only had one or two people but you paid a lot more when you had a full schedule. And on paper, you'd say, well, you're busier because you have more clients, so the the payroll could go up. But I I never settled on that. I never really liked it because we could get really busy, and Mm -hmm. then our payroll would skyrocket, and we wouldn't really see the profits settle out at the end of the month. And it was like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it makes sense. It 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 doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I can see both sides, but we we again we uh, we like this the flat hourly pay. There's bonus incentives. There's you know uh, performance incentives quarterly that we track and yeah, we have gonna. KPIs and stuff that that go into the next year's increases. And there's periodic increases. True. If I if I look at a coach and I'm just watching them crush it all the time, I'm gonna bring him. out and give him a raise. I had the, I had a conversation with our with before this podcast actually
2: with our coaching client on pay, the expectation of the job. You know, like, unfortunately, they're in a position where people are showing up. They're not even doing the basic functions of the job. Yeah, that's tough. And when they're not doing that, you know, the pushback from a from the ownership on, hey, guys, we need these things to happen. It's like, how do I incentivize somebody who's not even doing the bare minimum to do more? And so it, it was tough. What I, what, I don't know how that transitioned into what I wanted to touch on here though, but um, is part of your current pay scale, like you were talking about, the other incentives yeah. versus like the the unit or versus a per head pay scale or all those things, It's it, a lot of it's the emphasis on the relationship That the coach has with the individual as well Mm -hmm. the individual um, coach to relationship not team right so in your business any one of those coaches Mm -hmm. there's benefit for each of them to have a relationship with each of those clients as opposed to like the per head or per per unit type of thing it almost incentivizes them to compete with other coaches on getting because the, the so much of the weight of their pay is slighted to the the number of people that yeah. are underneath them as yeah. opposed to just delivering that service. Yeah. And um, it can become risky. We've talked about that in the past. You know, What is that fine line between having a great relationship between a coach and that client and then all of a sudden the ability to, or the unfortunate circumstance when that coach leaves, mm-hmm. how many of those people are then tied to the person rather than... What they were doing in, a, it's, in it's the a function tough, of the job—it's
1: a tough line to to navigate because all things say have that great coach-client sure. relationship; they'll stay longer. But again, this is such a personal business that they get so attached to a particular coach you almost have to force change. Some of it, sure. You almost have to change schedules on them and just like force them to train with other, I mean, it's kind of weird to think about that, kind of rocking the boat with your clients a little bit, you know, but it's forcing them to, to experience a new coach.
2: We've talked about it too. I like the idea because when, with anything, right, you could frame it differently, right? The, the personal relationship that that person has with the coach doesn't necessarily equate to a result. Other than the willingness to be there and enjoy the process, that type of thing, but maybe that comfort is why they're not experiencing the true growth potential. So by putting another coach who brings a different skill set, that's and that's absolutely what happens. But that's
1: the that's the hard sell that we need to. They get comfortable with with a coach. A coach gets comfortable with the client. and doesn't push them as hard. Now they're friends and like I don't want you know you know they they they. Lean, they, they bend the rules sure. for a client oh you don't have to do that one today like that's again it works against you yeah. in some, some ways so there's a lot of ways to, to look at it but if we're talking about coaches pay a couple things to think about it, at least in this area and I would say it's the opposite in the northeast of the US is where the seasons change and people leave town okay and so one of the benefits of having a flat block schedule to the coaches that you need to sell them on, especially if they've been in the mm-hmm. industry more than two, three years, that hey, you're getting the same in the slow times as you do in the busy times. We're gonna we're, we're taking the hit if you will, but we're gonna keep your pay maintained throughout the year. It's a salary. you can uh, have a lifestyle around your your wages and so you're not like, Scraping, yeah. Know, the Robin, the Robin
2: Robin Summers, yeah,
1: yeah. And in this area, that's a real that's a real thing. because oh, yeah. People leave, and again, it's one hundred and ninety nine degrees here. They they're going to leave. And equated to like those I know in the
2: service industry, the like bar yes, industry, bartenders. Thing. I mean, if if you don't budget, yeah, you are broke. Like it's you summer. cannot survive the summer on that job. You know what I mean? Because you, you make all your money when everyone's here. Correct. And so it's the same thing with our training, but. There are corporate positions in that industry that that doesn't affect. Same right. as this, right? It's, it's, and then you do, like you said, you have to paint that picture to somebody who's looking for that role. Yep. And
1: it, like he said, sell it. That you is, you have a- to sell it because we're, you know, we got into a, I don't know, it was a little Facebook battle on a post that we had. I, I posted this. This was, this actually happened to us. Um, we had a coach that was on an employment, came in for a job interview. And we liked her, and uh, you know she's been around. She was uh, basically uh, getting unemployment. She got her stimulus, and she got the federal, uh, you know, bonus on top of the unemployment from the state. And she was training clients for cash on the side, and she didn't want to work. I, I guess didn't want to take a position because she was making more money not working, not working, and that was. That, and that was my post. It's like, why work if you can sit at home and make money? I mean, I don't blame her. Like, why Why would it, you? Because if you think about time, you it, only have X amount of time. Why do I want to give up this stuff? And now my time is, is at the job. And it's human nature, like.
2: We're, the awesome core that. basis of all of us is to do the least amount of work for the maximum result. Like anybody who decides to do other than that is the anomaly. We are the anomaly, guys. Yeah. But don't. That's the standard. So don't fight that being the fact. Just understand. Yes, that's why so many people are sitting at home right now and don't want to come to your job. And there's this is happening in all it's industries. Every, it's everywhere. I mean, every it? single phone call I have right now, somebody's somebody's talking about. I can't find worker. I can't find employees. Yep. Um, you know, everybody I'm talking to is making more money doing nothing. Yep. Um, you know, you throw other things out there. It's just state of the world society right now. The investment thing. You know, everybody's like overnight investment. Millionaire. Millionaire. Well, not only that, but like, you know, the perception of, hey, I can make a lot of money real quick. It's right here. Yeah. You know, yeah. so
1: everybody's focus is on the quick overnight success. It's, yeah, it's, it's really hurt the, um, the work ethic is, is gone. I don't know. I mean, obviously there's people that don't do the job. We got, yeah. we got employees here. They're all working. But yeah, I found it very, very interesting that we're fighting unemployment and the incentives that they're getting from the government that we're paying for for, with our own tax dollars we're fighting that as our competition not Mm -hmm. another gym it's not it's not another gym it's the government that (laughs) they're fighting it's it's like it's unreal to be honest with you how how weird it is right now but uh so this guy this guy decided to chime in and he said well yeah well you just need to pay more i'm like time out dude you don't own a business you don't understand there's only so much that's on the table to pay i can pay more i can pay two hundred thousand dollars a year and i get somebody to show up tomorrow but we're not gonna have any money left at the end of the day so like it's not just paying more yeah it's like well you need to you know so obviously people don't get it being in the seat that we're in but uh there's other things that you can do to incentivize a coach so so when you have a, a career to coach a block schedule a salaried coach um, you can do things like paid days off um, obviously in the state of arizona we have to pay there's like an accrual of sick time that that law got passed a couple of years ago so for every 40 hours of work they get one hour of sick time to go to a doctor but we would do it anyway but like we have to yeah, track it has, it, now. To be, yeah. it has to be tracked Um, You can do uh, health insurance. You can do educational credits. There's things you can do. And again, there's bonuses on capacity and performance bonuses that all go into what's called a comp plan that, yeah, you can pay this rate, but they have the potential, if they perform, to get X, Y, and Z on top of that.
0: Hey, 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 Tim Lyons here. Look, I know running a gym day in and day out can be a challenge. It's often hectic and stressful. But remember, you are not alone. And if you ever feel weighed down by the pressure and you're searching for a lifeline, we've got just the thing. I would love to invite you to our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator Program at winninggym.com grow. Listen, it's designed to give you tangible results. It transforms your struggle into sustainable growth. And it is a game changer for so many gym owners out there. Again, that's winninggym.com grow check it out and let's turn those day-to-day challenges into triumphs. All right, now let's get back to the show.
1: And that's how you technically can compete with, I guess, unemployment. I mean, or or other gyms. Uh, But, but you gotta you gotta maintain your rates, and so uh, the, the the percentage was twenty percent of the the I guess gross revenue should be in payroll or should be lower than twenty percent. If you've got a manager type situation where you've got a couple layers in there, maybe a salesperson, don't go over thirty percent, maybe thirty two percent. That should be your max for a healthy uh, healthy business. And so you look at all those things, and it's like there's a lot of Benefits to to staying small in some of yeah. these cases because the profit margins are much higher in a smaller footprint than, say, 10,000 feet. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of pros and cons to every model. Um, you know, with a bigger bigger beast, it, it takes a lot to feed it. You know, you get to a certain point, your attrition's there. You got to replace 10 to 15 clients every single month because you're losing eight to 10 clients every single month. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it becomes this kind of machine you got to continue to feed. So, uh, a lot that, you know, we talked about a lot, there's, there's ways to do it. I would definitely shy away from maybe the percentage, uh, fee. I don't necessarily hate it, but not my favorite, the per head unit, uh, you know, fee or, or pay. Um, I like a flat rate salaried locked in schedule. It's, very clean.
2: And one thing that in the conversations that we have with coaches because or or other gym owners, I mean, we've heard it all, right? Every possible way somebody could be paid as a trainer, they've done it. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, I think clients or coaches, um, these gym owners move towards something similar to what you have because of the, maybe it's just the peace of mind of the controlled expense, you know, versus the consistency of the, the variable all the time, um, th- there's, once you can paint the picture towards a coach, show them the incentive, show them the career opportunity, show them like, you know, Hey, this is an opportunity, not just to come here and make a wage today, you know, that's the best for you for all of these, you know, what it seems like today, but here's what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. That, that position is entirely different than most of those, Yeah, you know, other, other pay scales and stuff. It's always a, it's a, I don't know, I just see it much more like a. A community team effort and not that they're not also capable of, of getting what it is on their own, but it's it's not it, it seems like they're much more part of a team than something where it's like my pay is 100 percent dependent upon
1: me yeah. in this business. You know what I mean? 24 yeah, seven. There's so much support that comes from the gym level mm-hmm. that if they were on their own, they'd have to do on their own mm-hmm. like the programming, the marketing, the sales the tracking, all that's handled at the gym level. So they come in, they train clients, they've got their programs done for them. Their job is to have a great experience on the training floor.
2: And, and they can turn to this business and say, hey, I want to progress as a coach, you know, with continued education. There is incentive from the organization that, you know, will pick up some of that pay. Yep. They'll take care, you know, some yep. of that There's stuff. There's a lot of things. Exactly. And, and if you were to step into an organization and utilize what's available to you and see all of that stuff, it hell it for most people that far outweighs, you know, a, a decent paycheck hourly or, you know, a larger per hour type paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There there is the the safety net of insurance and it's there's, a career opportunity. It's
1: not just, hey, here's a great job for today. Yeah, and it's funny, even in corporate America, this happens a lot of times. They have all these these benefits that they don't even know exist. Constantly. You know. There's like you know, point rewards programs and points you can buy, you know, stuff like this is corporate America does this. And then even then they don't even understand it. Mm-hmm. So, so it makes sense to really lay this out in an interview to, to explain why you, you almost have to sell them because their, their, their mindset is independent trainer, a hundred dollars an hour. Exactly. Complete freedom for the most part. Mm-hmm. But the other end
2: of that security, right? And a, a lot more. Of the career type, I think oh, it's
1: security, but it's all these expenses that they don't yeah, understand. Yeah, and that, but that's they why, see like you $100 said, one hundred
2: dollars an hour. You have to put together a comp plan. This isn't, hey, what's my wage? It's a comp plan. Yeah. like the individual who's sitting there and understanding, okay, there are other things that's not just a deliverable for the hour I worked uh-huh. that I'm being paid for or that I'm that I'm receiving value in from. That has to be clear.
1: Oh, very, yeah. very clear. And I like it that. Because it's not—it's not clear, mm-hmm. like, especially if they've never seen your business before. It's not clear that they're going to have a set pay the whole year. It's not clear because you got to explain it to them. Um, a lot of times, people are, are coming in as interviewees, and they're used to maybe something like an Orange Theory. Come in for you get thirty bucks a class, but you only get five classes a week. You know, like. So you got to bounce around. What about the drive time in between places that, you know, now you're changing uniforms and you got a totally different model to do. You know, there's a lot of reasons why that doesn't make sense to a coach, but you have to show that to them. So,
2: And as a business owner, if you if you're hearing this and you've never really or you just aren't considering all the other options on what you can provide to a trainer or an employee outside of just a wage, listen, use that. I mean, there's, Tim just gave five or six other different ways that you can incentivize somebody that isn't a direct, you know, increase in their hourly production pay. And that will help you find better quality candidates around, you know, your competition out there that aren't thinking about bringing people in with those things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully that helps you guys uh, maybe look at your comp plans and decide maybe what direction to go. Um, you know, keep those percentages in mind and, and you explore all options. But, uh, you know, we you know how we, you know, this is how we operate. I'm just, I just told you exactly what we do. So take it and run if you want it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's it for this episode, guys. Keep changing lives. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win